Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We are back in Better Than Ever Greedy, presented by Progressive Insurance. And oh, what a day we have working here on this Thursday. Basically, every team in the NBA was in action last night, and we have lots to say about all of it. The NFL weekend kicks off tonight with what can only be described as an absolutely awful game. And all eyes are on Ann Arbor, Michigan, where literally any minute now, the hammer may come down on Jim Harbaugh. All that and a whole lot more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Right, my one place to start this morning delightfully as we wrap up Get Up This Morning is with two of my favorites who've been good enough to hang out and spend a little extra time. Kimberly Martin and Alan Hahn, good enough to hang out with us. Of course, Alan will have his show a little bit later today on ESPN Radio. And, and after the experience we all just had smashing the helmets. I, <laughs> I um, was wondering if we were Not really smash. One didn't hey, smash. One didn't. And it wasn't saying. me, guys. It wasn't me. No. Harry Douglas. Woo, that boy is bad at smashing (laughs) helmets. Completely whiffed. So we we can do the beauty of Alan is is we can dive into both the basketball and the football. And, of course, I'll remind absolutely everyone that in in the event there is any news that comes out of Michigan, we will go into that immediately. In fact, Alan, you, of course, are a general talk show host. Everyone listens to you with Bart in New York every day. Um, What is your take on the Harbaugh thing? I'm I'm, I'm interested to know as we wait literally seconds ago as we wrapped up Get Up, for those of you who are not with us, Heather Dinich said that the Big Ten is considering everything in a gamut up to a two-year suspension for Harbaugh all the way down to a public reprimand for Harbaugh (laughs) and anything in between. I I can't think of a greater delta than those two things. Uh, I'm curious to hear your take on the whole thing. Yeah, veiled threat, right? Because it's like we we, we could do something serious, but it – feels a little bit like a witch hunt, a little bit. Like, like it feels like everybody's out for someone. And they're trying to find something to get him on because he wasn't compliant on something uh, last year. So th- this, th- this has the feel of that. And when you talk about college sports and cheating, you kind of just go with it like, really? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, you just accept it as something. So I don't know how much – how much is the public outraged by this? I think that's the most important question to be answered at this point because this just feels like rich people bickering over – Rich people. Like, you, you I, know I where they're outraged? It. In Columbus, well, Ohio. Course, it's going to be Ohio State. It's going to be in, in obviously other places in the Big Ten. But I feel like, in a weird way, this is much ado about nothing only because of how they're talking about a sternly worded letter right. or two years suspension. Yeah. As you said, that's a huge gap yes. between severity of punishment. Yeah, I just, it's, we've talked about this uh, a lot on the show, and we've talked about how. It has been hard to wrap your head around everything every day and to understand what's going to happen to Harbaugh. Is he going to, you know, what's his future hold? Like, we're even talking about could he go to the NFL? Like, we have no idea how this is going to. an annual conversation as well. That is also a fair point, Alan. Um, We don't know how this is going to end up, but just Heather talking about that wide scope of the range of what the outcome could be. I don't know. I don't know a lot of people are. 
you know, hanging by by no. by the seat of their That's pants. My like, point. what yeah. what is going to happen to John? We're Harbaugh? not waiting for the white smoke, the white plume no, of smoke on this thing. But if you are, if you know, if you're tied to Ohio State and all these other programs, and it's big business. Well, I disagree slightly. Okay, I agree that most people don't think it's a big deal the sign stealing. Mm-hmm. I do think people think it, if he winds up getting suspended and they lose to Ohio State in three weeks, or even this Saturday to Penn State, and Harbaugh's not on the sideline, I think that suddenly becomes an enormous yes. story. If he gets a major suspension. Yeah. And now he is off to the NFL. Yes. That's the biggest story of the year. One, we need an outcome. I think that's what people. To I think that's to? when people will like start right. to care because more. The general population. When, when there's like when there's like a murder case or a big court case, right? We always know what the what, what the punishment is up to, right? We know how much jail time mm-hmm. is expected, and that's the anticipation, as you said, Greeny, because the fallout to me is the bigger story, and that's why you know we kind of sit and wait to see what the result is, because if it's a misdemeanor slap on the hand, slap on the wrist kind of thing i don't know if it's the same type of reaction but for michigan and and how good that program has been over the last couple of years and i wonder if some of this stuff has to do with it you know perhaps that's a bigger story and then if you're in the nfl maybe there's a team or two that's rooting for this to bring him back into the league well i will say this to you kimberly martin by the way greeting with alan and kmart who are both here and uh, a reminder that we are presented by progressive insurance insurance for motorcycles boats and rvs for protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. My little beloved nephew, Eric, whom you know oh, Eric. from your alma mater, Wesleyan, Wesleyan, born and raised in Chicago and a crazy fan of the Bears, <laughs> has kid. absolutely made up his mind that Jim Harbaugh will be the coach of the Bears next year. Now, to be clear, he is not an insider. He's he, a, Eric he's a, is not. He's he a second-year <laughs> associate at a Wall Street bank. <laughs> and, a pretty, and a decent little golfer. Yes. Um, but, so he's just talking as a fan. Mm-hmm. But how would you describe the possibility right now? If I said to you, give me like on a scale of 1 to 10, the likelihood that Harbaugh is coaching an NFL team next year. Ah, the likelihood... I don't know. I think there's a strong likelihood that he will garner interest. But will he ultimately be a head coach? That I'm not 100% sure of. I think teams like the Bears, the Chargers, the Commanders are interesting because we assume that they will have uh, head coaching vacancies in in the offseason, depending on how their season shake out. Vegas. With Harbaugh, though, I mentioned this on Get Up. He last coached in the NFL, I believe, in 2014. If you're an NFL team and you're thinking, okay, Clearly, we have gone wrong with our head coach. We have to reset the clock here in our organization. When I think about that decision, do I lean into a guy coming off of skin? Why is he even available in the first place to come to the NFL? Uh, these kids are different. If you last coached in the NFL in 2014, I don't like it just. The the NFL is just different. League's younger, it's and he coached different. those younger guys. To me, but fair, fair. I, I'm rooting but, for this. If I'm any franchise that wants a head coach, now I don't think he goes to LA. I think he tries to stay as close to Michigan as possible because that's where his family is. That's, he mm-hmm. loves it there. They've got a compound. There's no reason for him to want to leave there. That's why Minnesota was at least in play well, because it was well, close enough. Chicago play, again, close enough. That kind of stuff. Or. Was he using them as leverage? I mean, it's, you're always using it as leverage, aren't you? That's fair if you have like, leverage. If you want to use it, it, if yeah, but um, if, if eventually you're out somewhere, that leverage is gone. There's no reason mm-hmm. for leverage, so now you try to find the best situation for you. And I just think the Midwest is probably where I would focus, I, and that's why Chicago makes a lot of sense. Kmart, I, I will say this about the LA of it all, and, and again, I do not feel like this is talking out of school. I never would if I thought I would never say this if I thought I was giving away some sort of secret. But I happened to be at a funeral with Jim last year. I've known Jim for 30 years. 
And we happened to be at a free, we had a mutual friend who mm. died. Mm-hmm. And I ran into him there. And I want to make it clear, we were not in any way talking about his future in the NFL, mm-hmm. him leaving Michigan, nothing like that. We were talking about how many great young quarterbacks there are in the NFL. And he spent 10 minutes raving about Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. He went on and on and on about how great he thinks Herbert is, all the talent, all the skill, whatever it is. He loved that kid. And now, once again, I will underline, we were not talking about him coaching the Chargers or anything. But I do happen to know he is a huge fan of Justin Herbert. Well, that's the reason L.A. is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Because the big question for head coaches is, who's going to be my quarterback? Well, you already know you have a (laughs) franchise quarterback sitting there. You just need to implement an offense and be able to be a better game manager and get get your defense going. Well, you actually just perfectly segued me to the other thing I wanted to get into with you guys. When you said, well, we're always talking, the coaches are always talking about their quarterbacks. Well, every once in a while when the coaches are talking about their quarterbacks, they invoke the Bill of Rights. (laughs) I don't understand this. I need it explained to me. Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, um, was asked on the Michael K. Show on ESPN Radio in New York by Michael a very reasonable question Mm -hmm. about Trevor Simeon. Their backup, well, in theory, their backup quarterback is Trevor Simeon, who I know very well because he went to Northwestern. And Zach Wilson has really been struggling. So you'll hear the question and you'll hear Salah's incomprehensible answer. You've got Trevor Simeon in your building. Why not give him a try? Fair question. You know, it's uh, like I said, he, he, I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just, I kind of explained it, you know, yeah. respectfully, obviously, but, mm-hmm. but it's a va- they're valid questions, but, and I know, and I know from a passionate fan, from fans who are passionate, all having the same questions, I respect it greatly, you know, but it's, I've got to look at it from a global standpoint and just see where we are and, and look at the all 22 the best I can and, and make the decisions best as possible. So. Wow. What the actual heck, heck. was that? <laughs> yeah, we need a BS translator for that yeah. one. When you, when you start using global perspective and things like that, you're, you're filling. Uh, what, what I found interesting, though, is even after this exchange, which was, you're right, it was a benign question, very simple one. Even Tim Boyles. Why, Tim, why is Tim Boyle here if he can't Aaron play? Rogers. We, we all know that, right? We all understand that. So that's a, a logical question, and the answer is the one where you were stunned. But afterwards, the next day, the, the reporters were asking him, following up on the same thing, about, well, you know, is Tim Boyle going to get some reps with the starters and all that stuff? And his response to questions about the quarterback situation was, he was asked directly, is there a mandate to keep Zach Wilson in the QB1 spot, whether it's by Woody, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whatever it is. And instead of saying no, he just, he just said that there's that, what did he say? The exact words he used was that uh, the, the uh, conspiracy theories. He shot right. down the idea of conspiracy theories. But his, his, usually, if, if I asked you, you know, Greeny, is, is there a mandate to have Kimberly Martin on every he day? He would say Absolutely yes. Absolutely not. And, and you would, yeah. You, you, <laughs> That's your, my answer. Your, your straight answer. I don't have to plead the fifth. But he never gave a no. He never said no. He just started to explain things and then, then said, I'm not going to buy into conspiracy theories. It was a, it's bizarre. So what tells me is he's screaming without saying a word, mm-hmm. this is not my decision. It's not up to me. And... Every what's I'm not surprised I I because I cover the Jets a lot I'm not surprised by any of this because when when Aaron Rodgers went down it wasn't week eight it was literally their first game of the season four plays the plan, in yes yeah, seventy five seconds there there was no deviation from it's going to be Zach Wilson and as much as we talked about Kirk Cousins and should they go after some other guy and da 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 they were never going to do that so the fact that we're here 
wondering why is Zach Wilson still the answer? This is what they. This is how they set it up. They put every resource in the offseason into getting Aaron Rodgers and making Aaron Rodgers comfortable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yet they didn't pivot in any discernible way. They can't. This is the tax they're paying on having Aaron Rodgers. We can't bring in a veteran that might play well and make people think we don't need you. We can't do any of this stuff. You have to have Alan Lazard here. You have to. You had to have Randall Cobb, Cobb here. here. Yeah, like, Tim Boyle is people. here. Literally, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett. All of this is for Aaron. Billy Turner. Yes. Billy Turner style. Like you, you. This is the problem. Like you, you have to have. This is the tax you're paying. And Greedy, we're willing to pay this tax. No, of course. It, because it, it, next year it could all pay off and it's okay. Maybe. But right now you got to live with it. Here, here's the question, though. Do you think Aaron Rodgers cares right now if Simeon plays? Like, here, here's the problem. This is going to tear this team apart. I was very concerned about what I heard from Garrett Wilson coming off the field the other day. Yeah, he, we talked to him on Tuesday. Like what did he say? Week, and and he, he's, no, he does not go there. He said, we have to worry about ourselves. Oh, no, I get it. And he fumbled they're, and all of that. They're not tearing anything apart. There's, they, he said, we're not pointing fingers. He's been good. Sauce has been good like that. Quinn and Williams, they've been very careful to make sure we're not wearing Mike White t-shirts like oh, we yeah. saw last year. I get year. it. I get yeah. that. And, and I think Aaron maybe keeps some of that <clears throat> under does. control as yes. well. Yes. But look, at the end of the day, if, whether it's Aaron, whether it's the general manager who just does not want to acknowledge that this is going to go down as one of the worst draft picks in the history of the NFL, uh-huh. whatever it is, it's just a mess. And then very quickly, too? he wasn't the only uh, – Salah's not the only coach who can't explain his quarterback situation. Mm. Yesterday, Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Bears, <laughs> literally said yes. – He literally said yes. – because uh, the Bears play tonight, for those who are not paying attention. They play the Panthers <laughs> yeah, tonight. Uh, but there's no winners and no be losers be because watching. the Bears have both draft picks anyway. <laughs> um, so so they play this game tonight, and, and Tyson Bajant is going to play quarterback. Everyone knows that. And they ask the coach about Justin Fields, and he says he's doubtful. And then a reporter says, so he's not playing? And Avery Fles says, no, he's not playing. <laughs> And then they say, well, then why is he doubtful? And he says, well, we'll see what happens in the morning. He can't even answer the question. Yeah, it's the roundabout. So and I think, you know, whenever, whenever you're in a relationship sometimes or whenever you have friends and you're talking and they start to over-explain, yep. it's like, you give me too many details, bro. Yep. Like, that, like this, this sounds fishy. Um, I think in Chicago with the Jets, I think the, the shame of it is you have head coaches who literally – have nothing like they have nothing to give you there are Mm. no words that will comfort you there's nothing because the qb situation they have they can't speak plainly they can't just say what they're thinking or feeling because they have to worry about the repercussions of it and in that situation with both of these situations including the zach wilson one there is something about saying we need a change or they're throwing all their support behind them Mm -hmm. and there's if it's you don't want to call it a mandate or an edict it is something else though that they decided they were going to do and remember aaron Rodgers when he came to the jets did he say i want mike white here no he wanted zach wilson he wanted to mentor him he felt like he could teach this kid you got to give him time you got to get off his back he consistently says this stuff so I just believe that that stuff is existing. Is Aaron Rodgers like controlling everything? I'm not saying that, but there's definitely an agreement they all made that this was what they were going to do and they were not going to give up on the kid like they did last year. Let me just say this out loud. For all of our, our Bears fans, friends, and my nephew Eric, who are getting set to watch this game tonight, as painful as this is, imagine a world mm. where in September mm-hmm. your coach is Jim Harbaugh your quarterback is Caleb Williams, mm. and your star young wide receiver is Marvin Harrison Jr. 
Those, those, all those very things real. are very, very real. Mm-hmm. And that could turn the, you just have to have okay, clean what, slate, what, start all over, yeah. get rid of everybody who's in charge, get the coach out of there tomorrow. This is the hardest part to live through just with a do rebuild, it, right? right? Is having just, to endure the losses, knowing in April you'll be happy about losses that you as had long, in November. As long, though, as the Bears, an organization who has, an organization that has not gotten it right, over a few regimes, there's that part of it is too. going to nail it. The trust, pa- the trust you know, factor. That, but you can't that, get it wrong if you have picks that you can get those two guys if they're in place. You can't get it wrong. You can't and, possibly get it wrong. And yet, and yet, that's it. Thank you, Greeny. And yet, all right, guys, I got to run. I love you both. Thank you so much, Kmart, Allen, the best. I've got any number of takes coming up on all of this as we continue in a moment. Stay there, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, I will present unsolicited advice for the commissioner of the Big Ten, Tony Petiti. I sincerely hope he takes me up on this. Meanwhile, I have the assembled members of the hashtag crew assembled around me. Hembo is here. Bubba and Cam in Bristol. 30 seconds away. We'll spend those on Vivid Seats. Have you been to an NFL game this year? What are you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown, every play live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for the fans. That's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. All right, I'm going to give my unsolicited advice to Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten. He doesn't need advice from me, except in this case, yes, he does. Let me bring in the members of the hashtag crew to set the stage for this. Hembo. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to LaSalle University. And what did you major in? Uh, communication. Fair enough. Bubba, where'd you go to college? Hembo went to LaSalle? Yeah, I always thought you, you played baseball at a Division II school. I went to two colleges. I have a master's degree in education. But yeah. I, I didn't feel like it was worth mentioning because I'm not working in education. I'm working in, well, sports media. And so communication would be the more relevant answer. But didn't you 
go to four years to the other school? Oh, yes, I attended four years at Cedarville University, which is a school near Dayton, Ohio. And how long did you go to LaSalle? Uh, for two years. So when someone says, where did you go to college, usually you answer with where you went to college. Where you, uh, so you uh, didn't even give the correct answer. I've never in my life heard you say LaSalle Most before. recently at LaSalle University. No, no. Let's start this whole thing over <laughs> I've again. never, ever heard you say again. LaSalle Wait before. a minute. I'm starting this whole thing. Okay. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. This is ridiculous. Unsolicited advice. Why do you make the simplest thing so complicated? I answered the question. I'm, no, no, you, you didn't. didn't. I'm going home. I can't. I can't That's not where you went to college. I went to two colleges. No, you went to graduate school at one of them. You ask any human being where they went to college who has a postgraduate degree, they will tell you where they went to college. I'm just like Joe Burrow. I played baseball at Cedarville. I went to college at LaSalle. That's, what did you major in that's at Cedarville? Not, anywhere close to what joe burrow did okay that's right it's it's really not a good comp uh at, at cedarville i majored in communication okay at LaSalle, i got a master's in education okay wait, which I've wait, not used. Wait. that's so, graduate that's a separate thing so you said you said the major from your undergrad but you said where you went to grad school that's i did right. conflate the answer yeah badly. you put you said both so so you got you got that wrong in so many ways, like the simplest question. I answered both questions wrong, actually. Both yeah. parts I've never heard anyone, when you say when you go to school, you always just say the undergrad. This and then if you a... want to add secondary, you might say, I got my master's, I got my law degree, I got my doctor. If you want, but you always just say your undergrad. But I didn't get a law degree. But you got a master's in education. I did. Which doesn't make any sense yeah, to me I, Are either. you sure you did? Did you want to be a teacher? I wanted to work in athletic administration. C- could you imagine if your teacher was Hembo? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> kids, we're going to watch Ken Burns again today. <laughs> Seriously, kids, gather around. You, tell, wanna... you don't think I'd be a good history teacher? Are you kidding? You, you, you have could... you heard me on the Napoleonic Wars? You, well, Not yet. You're only going. You could only have been a good history teacher. I guess that's true. Anyway, you have destroyed the momentum that I was building towards the point I want to make. But anyway, all right. I'm just going to cut to the chase. I. Went to journalism school. You majored in education or whatever the hell you did. Baba, what did you major in? I went to Fordham, and I majored in communications. Communications. Simple answer. Cam, how about you? I went to Ithaca College, and I majored in sports media. Okay, sports media. All of you. I went to journalism school. And I'm going to tell you right now. So in law school, the first thing they teach you is... Never ask a question to which you do not already know the answer, right? That's everyone knows that's the first thing they teach you in law school. I'm going to tell you right now, the first thing they teach you in journalism school is if they announce something on a Friday afternoon, they're hiding something. They are covering it up. And so my unsolicited advice to Tony Petiti is do not try to news dump this tomorrow afternoon at 4.40 Eastern time, counting on the fact that by the time the weekend is over, it gets swallowed up. If you're making a decision here, make it. Stand behind it. Everything I've heard about Tony is great. I've never met the man in my entire life, but everyone at baseball loved him. Everyone who covered baseball loved him. Everyone who deals with baseball loved him. And when he came to the Big Ten, which any of you who know me know, that's my conference. I love it. Uh, When he came there, everyone said, great move, great hire, great guy, great executive. I'm sure he wasn't expecting to have this nonsense dropped on his desk like eight minutes after he arrived. But that said, don't try to hide this. This is a huge story. Whatever decision you make, I I don't think he can go wrong here. There's no wrong answer, which is the same thing as saying there's no right answer. Whatever he does, people are going to pick it apart. 
So when we get to a place in life, this I think is true for politicians, I think it's true for talk show hosts, true for everybody. There's nothing I can say to you right now that everyone is going to agree with. So I might as well just tell you what I really think and let the haters hate. And that's what Tony Petiti needs to do. And I will go by my own university, my beloved Northwestern University, the first of many mistakes that we have made over the course of the last few months is that when they first announced the suspension of our, our football coach, now former football coach Pat Fitzgerald, they sent it out late on a Friday afternoon, hoping no one would notice. And you know what happened? They ran into the Medill School of Journalism. They unfortunately were trying to do this at a university that has the best school of journalism in the country. And every one of those kids, God bless them, said, that doesn't seem right. The first thing they told me was if they announced it on a Friday afternoon, we got ourselves a problem here. And oh boy, the way we, boy, do, do we ever. And by Monday, Pat Fitzgerald was fired with no additional evidence. So the bottom line of it is this. Tony, whatever you do, don't try and sneak this past everybody. It won't work. Everyone's paying attention. There's nothing you can do that everyone's going to agree with. Just make what you think is the right decision. And don't do it late tomorrow afternoon. I'll tell you what. I think that you're going to get your wish granted because I don't think that Michigan, or excuse me, the Big Ten can do this tomorrow because tomorrow is a holiday. We're observing Veterans Day tomorrow. And it also means the courts won't be in session. So we know that there's going to be some kind of legal battle and they're going to seek some kind of injunction. That's going to have to happen today or it's going to have to happen next week. I think it's very likely, if not certain, that we get the news before the end of the day today in part because of that. Fair enough. I, I don't know. Uh, for those of you just joining us, Heather Dinich told us at the very end of Get Up this morning that the Big Ten is considering everything, the entire gamut, from a public reprimand, which we talked about endlessly on Mike and Mike, the sternly worded letter, all the way through to a two-year suspension for the coach. When Heather said that, I almost fell out of my chair. That's on the table? A two-year suspension for Harbaugh is on the table? Oh, that would mean that Harbaugh will be an NFL coach next year for sure. There's no way in the world he's sitting around waiting it out two years in Ann Arbor. I don't care how much he loves the school. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but I haven't expected any of the things to happen that have. So your guess is as good as mine. So you just gave the commissioner some uh, unsolicited advice. I'm going to put you in his chair. Go ahead. Ranging from the sternly worded letter to the two-year suspension, based on what you know, what do you think is appropriate? Well, my answer is going to be a cop-out because he knows things I don't. He has been given in from my understanding, I mean, just from the reporting, is that he has received stuff in in his... I don't even know that you would describe what he's been doing as an investigation. Things have just been presented to him. Like the NCAA is investigating. That's... (laughs) Those are hilarious words to speak out loud. Th- that will probably get settled sometime in the 2030s. Um, so, so that's going to move along at its traditional glacial pace. The Big Ten, meanwhile, seems to be moving at a lightning fast pace, like the Acela train. And um, he knows stuff I don't know. But why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that they feel the liberty, the independence to move so fast? Don't you think it's because the evidence has piled up pretty fast and pretty yes, damning? I think what has happened, if I'm reading between the lines, and much of this has been reported, Petiti has been given evidence from someone somewhere, and could that somewhere be Columbus, Ohio? I don't know. But he's been given something from somewhere that is enough that he feels prepared that something must be done. He's already sent the, whatever it's called, the letter of caution or whatever they call that thing, a letter of, 
what's it, intent, whatever it is, that we're going to do something here. So here's what I would need to know. The rule is the rule. Now, I'm a person who used to rail against all the old ridiculous eligibility rules. But the one caveat I always put was, I cannot endorse the breaking of a rule. If you don't like a rule, campaign to have it changed, do whatever you can to have it changed, but don't ignore it. Don't just break it. That's not a good answer. So while I may think that the rules in this case are ridiculous, I cannot advocate breaking them. So if indeed they did flagrantly break the rules, and I mean, again, this like Keystone Cops Inspector Clouseau-esque thing we have going on with this guy Connor Stallions on the CMU sideline with a hat, sunglasses that have a video recording equipment in it, if based only on the stupidity of it, it feels to me like there was an old TV show called The Benny Hill Show. Like that, that, that's how Benny, This is how Benny Hill would have conducted this sign-stealing operation. But based only on that, I, I do believe that some um, discipline is in order. Now, two years? No, heck no. I mean, no way. I might suspend him for the beginning of next year. I, I don't know that I would take away this team's chances of accomplishing what it wants to accomplish and doing this at a time when his players have no recourse, um, which is to say if you announce that he's going to be suspended for the first three games of next year, players can take that into account. If they want to transfer, they want to be there, they don't want to be there. I don't want to punish the players for something that they ostensibly had nothing to do with. But if you're going to say that, there's also a flip side of that coin, which is to say then you're punishing all of their opponents and all of the opposing coaches that presumably – weren't doing this, or at least weren't doing this to that extent. See, it's one thing to say, I don't want to pe- uh, penalize Michigan's players because they had nothing to do with this. There's a whole other, there's, there's 130 other teams in the country, presumably, that aren't doing this, that shouldn't have to pay for the consequences of that either. It works both ways. Uh, of course. That's why you do something as opposed to doing nothing. But suspending him for three games to start next season is nothing. I mean, they did that this year over like a slap on the wrist over COVID stuff. They did it themselves. Yeah. Right. Uh, literally over like the buying of food for, <laughs> for someone at and a that time was three when they games. weren't supposed to. This is worse than that. Yeah, so, so is it? It's worse than that. Here's what I'll say. When I'm going to make an analogy here, you're going to have to go with me on it. Because your first reaction when I start saying this is going to be, Greeny, what does this have to do with it? But trust me. When... We first started finding out about steroid use in baseball. The the release of Jose Canseco's book was where that really became something I knew a lot about. And Mike and I, uh, rightly or wrongly, we were sort of at the forefront of that conversation in American sports, in the American sports, uh, you know, culture for a period of time. And when I read that book of Canseco's, my initial reaction was, None of these players should be allowed in the Hall of Fame. All these players should be banned. You're going to cheat the rules this flagrantly. I don't want anything to do with them. Don't ever tell me you love the game if you'd be willing to cheat it this way. I wrote that in my first book, Why My Wife Thinks I'm an Idiot. And then what happened subsequently is I found out everyone was doing it. Whereas I thought maybe 5% of players from reading that were cheating, I subsequently realized conservatively, 50% of players were doing it or something like that. And that changed my feeling completely. So what I don't know is, is this something that everyone does and Michigan just did it a little more? 
Or is this something that really gave them a decided edge? Now, we had a great full-screen graphic on Get Up this morning that if you wanted to, you could use to say it gave them a huge edge. At the end of the COVID season, at the end of 2020, can you pull it up? Are you able to do that? I can. Read, read me the numbers and the disparity. If, if you wanted to say they started gaining an advantage from this after the COVID season, here's how you would present that circumstantial evidence. So through the 2020 season, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan was 49-22. and 22. He had lost at least three games in every single season he had coached. Since then, they've lost three games total in three years. They had not beaten Ohio State. They've since beaten them twice. They had not won a Big Ten championship. They have since won two. They had not made the college football playoff, and they have since reached it two times. That's pretty circumstantial. That's pretty good. Well, that's the point. Pretty good. It is circumstantial. I don't think you could convict someone in a court of law, but I think you would win a civil case. And that's what the Big Ten is conducting, Yeah, to be clear. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you don't have to prove something beyond a reasonable doubt. You just have to prove it... Um, you just have to get 51% of the way towards believing it as opposed to 100%. So you're asking me questions that I don't have answers to. Like, is everyone doing this and they just did it worse? Is everyone doing it and they just did it more? Or is this something that literally no one else was doing? I think the answer to all three of those questions is yes. Okay, well, if it's something I think that, so. If this is something that is way beyond, if they really did gain... Um, a distinguishable advantage over everyone they're playing, then, then I would be uh, inclined to levy a much stiffer punishment. This is the 2017 Astros. That baseball team had the best batting line since the 1931 Yankees. All right? It was a similar like enormous jump in offensive productivity. So when you boil sort of all the attributes here together, I think what it spits out is this was probably a lot worse than what everyone else was doing. So we're talking vacating wins. We're talking all that kind of stuff. I think everything is on the table. Now, the Astros, it's a different thing. It's a professional sport. Mm-hmm. That you can't vacate that. But it, it, it sort of goes now with its own sort of historical asterisk. Most definitely. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's you know, the 2017 and 1919 are the two World Series that will live in infamy for as long as we talk about this stuff. All right. Greeny with you here. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation. Is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. By the way, in case you thought that this story couldn't get more incredible or ridiculous, you were wrong. We found information that you will not believe, and you will hear it next. Don't miss it on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. So many ways you can hang out with us, and we hope you will every single day. You can watch the show on the ESPN app. Just look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy. You can listen on the ESPN app or on SiriusXM Channel 80, and you can always catch up on the podcast. It's called hashtag Greeny. It's available every single day wherever you get your podcasts. All right. The Scoop. Connor Stallions is the strangest historical figure that sports has ever created. 
I don't really know any other way to put it. If I say the name Inspector Clouseau, does that name mean anything anymore to anyone? Uh, Pink Panther? That's the Pink Panther. And in my youth, Peter Sellers as the Pink Panther, I know Steve Martin sort of reprised it, but in my youth, Peter Sellers as, the, as, as Inspector Clouseau is one of the legendary sort of bumbling detective characters of all time. And I don't know that's what I keep thinking of as the story of Connor Stallions comes further and further into view. Every time I see that video where he's standing on the Central Michigan sideline and when the camera is obviously going to pan to him because a player runs nearby, he sort of ducks his head and pulls his hat down. And the universal sign for, I hope no one sees me, as though it isn't obvious enough that it's a night game and he's the only person wearing sunglasses. And every now and again, a little blue light appears on one of the lenses because it is obviously videotaping the opposing sideline. And then the fact that Central Michigan thinks it's taking them, that we believe it could possibly take them this long to figure out who that person is on that sideline. So obviously this is Connor Stallions, which is a ridiculous name to have to be in the middle of a story like this anyway. But having said all of that, Bubba came across a story in the Wall Street Journal that is unfathomable. I'm just going to read it. Property records indicate that Connor Stallions purchased a $455,000 house near the Michigan campus in Ann Arbor in March of 2022, shortly before his stint with the Marines ended. Not long after he moved in that spring, dozens of old vacuum cleaners appeared on his front porch. The unsightly stash peeved neighbors and sparked the interest of the Homeowners Association, which sued Stallions for allegedly operating an appliance refurbishing business out of his home in violation of its bylaws. Stallions defended himself in court, but rather than explaining the stash of vacuums, he instead defended his character by saying, quote, I suspect that whoever has chosen to sue me, either A, doesn't like the fact that I am a veteran, or B, is a Michigan State fan and knows I'm a Michigan football coach and wants to draw my attention away. He said those things in a letter written in response to a summons. Several buyers, by the way, complained of defective units with missing parts that earned him a seller rating on a particular website of 2.8 out of 5 stars. (laughs) So he did very badly selling vacuums. (laughs) This is refurbish. He fixed them up. Refurbishing vacuums. Poorly. My friends, this happened last spring. This isn't something that happened in his childhood. He was apparently refurbishing vacuum cleaners a year and a half ago, and now he is the central figure in a scandal that could take down one of the most highly notarized or, or the most well-known college football coaches ever? This thing just gets weirder and weirder every time we bring it up. Hembo, what am I supposed to say about this? I have no idea. Do we think that Jim Harbaugh, like when they're hiring, because he, I mean, he claims that he is a coach, right? So he's, he views himself as a very central and important figure here. He did. He has, he has subsequently resigned right. because he didn't want to be a distraction. The best part about this is that he defended himself right. in court. Right. Obviously, no one was willing to or he didn't want someone else to. 
which means <laughs> he might again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we have the opportunity. Like, this needs to be like O.J. Simpson level TV coverage because I need to see every word that that guy says on CNN from bell to bell. I, I just want to hear his voice. Yeah. I want to know how he sounds when he talks. And, and again, uh, this is... He he defended himself against charges that he was running a, a business of refurbishing vacuums against the bylaws of his housing association by saying they either don't like that I'm a veteran or that I'm a coach for Michigan. That's not a defense. You can't do that. It is well known that people hate veterans that fix vacuums. That's right. Exactly. Everyone knows that. People can't stand veterans. And they. I, I, this is a, and in Ann Arbor, it's very unpopular to be associated with the Michigan football program. All right, this is one of the five dumbest things I've ever been connected to in my entire career, and I'm not even really connected to it. I mean, to me, the biggest thing here mm-hmm. right now is there is a market right now for someone to get into Ann Arbor and refurbish vacuums. <laughs> That's correct. Because he was doing it so poor- poorly, 2.8 out of 5 stars. If someone wants to get in there and starts fixing them correctly, you can make a lot of money as a side hustle. So I might move to Ann Arbor right now, buy his house, and start fixing them correctly, and I'll get 5 out of I 5 stars. I need to know the origin of how he and Harbaugh hooked up. Like, I need to, like, the origin Probably story sold them a vacuum. Their relationship is, has to be some kind of, at least, mini documentary in the future. Well, in the film that we will make about this, um, whether it is true or not, we will have them meet when Jim Harbaugh, personally, brings a vacuum to his house and says, you know, the damn Hoover's not working the way it used to. Just doesn't have the suction that I'm looking for. <laughs> Uh, anything you can do about this? You got any spare parts? And he'll say, oh, yes, I have a 2.8 rating as a vacuum cleaning refurbisher. So uh, leave that with me and I'll take care of it. By the way, I also know a little something about football. Ooh. And the next thing you know, he's on his staff and he's standing on the central Michigan sideline where the head coach used to work for Harbaugh wearing sunglasses with video cameras in them. He has to have the most unique resume of all time if you are he, he was a high-ranking official in the marine corps yeah. a bad <laughs> vacuum uh refurbisher and also a as we as it turns out very adroit sign stealer it's it, the most unique you know like what are the what's the name of that um that website that you that you um uh, zip recruiter like, like the oh, zip re- yeah when you're yeah. like this guy is checking all sorts of boxes for your for your hiring needs i'm gonna yeah. endorse him for all those things on linkedin <laughs> yeah that, that's that's uh, and so I hope what you're taking from this is that this is a story that has reached comedy of epic proportion. It's so ludicrous. But at its core, what we're, what we're asking is, has one of the two or three dominant programs in college football over the last three years and the winningest program in the history of college football, have they been cheating to get where they are lately and if so, is it going to bring down the program? And is it going to bring down their coach? And those aren't funny. Like, there's nothing funny about those questions. The way we get there is hilarious. And in fact, so funny, it's imp- almost impossible to take seriously. I, can't, I need to keep reminding myself that this story is not about Connor Stallions. This story is not about refurbishing vacuums. This story is about whether or not Jim Harbaugh is about to get a serious suspension from the commissioner of the Big Ten, and if so, will it mean he leaves Michigan? That's what this story is about. Yeah, I think it is very likely that there will be a maelstrom of negativity that surrounds this program until he either has to resign or they have to fire him. Like, I don't... 
based on what I know, based on what I'm hearing, and based on Tea Leaf's reading, I think there's a lot more coming in the hopper, man. Nothing, nothing they've done so far indicates they're going to fire him. They are, the university is backing him with everything they have, including an angry 10-page letter. All right, we'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.